What is up, plant people? Hey, today is April 1st, 2021, and you're listening to the Planthropology Podcast, the show where we dive into the lives, careers, and general awesomeness of some really great plant people. I'm Vikram Baliga, your host, and this is not an April Fool's Day joke. Exactly. So uh, I'm participating in something called Operation Switcheroo 2021, and this was organized by Moxie from the Your Brain on Facts podcast, where uh, a bunch of different podcasters switched episodes today and swapped them around and switcherooed them. I don't know. I don't know, and uh, shared them on each other's feeds. So the idea is that you can get a great new show to listen to, hear some wonderful content, and maybe find your next best favorite podcast. So um, I got paired up with the Better Than Human podcast, which is a great show I've been listening to for a while. And you get to hear today from them about tardigrades. Yes, our favorite little immortal-ish swimming water microorganisms that look like bears and that would be really, really scary if they were giant or really cuddly. I'm going to go with cuddly, like, like pandas with six legs. Anyway, so uh, this is not a normal episode of Planthropology, but I think you're really going to love it anyway. So uh, I'm not really going to talk for any longer. I think that uh, you kind of get the idea that you're getting a feed drop from Better Than Human. And uh, I hope that after you listen to this today, that you will go subscribe to the Better Than Human podcast, follow them on social media. And uh, I hope you follow me on social media, look up Planthropology. I'm all the places, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm the plant prof on TikTok. So go check those things out. But without any more rambling, here is uh, the 2021 edition of Operation Switcheroo and a great episode about tardigrades from the Better Than Human podcast. Welcome back. To Better Than Human, the podcast where we complain about stupid humans and then we pick a topic and we explain how evolutionary-wise and other ways they could be better than human. This week's topic is tardigrade, otherwise known as the water bear or moss piglet. Moss piglet is my favorite. It sounds so adorable. Moss piglet is my favorite as well, but every time I say tardigrade in my head, all I can think about is a Swedish cook from the Muppets goes, (laughs) that's a poor imitation, but you know what I mean. I'm thinking of the TARDIS. No, TARDIS is short for time and dimension something. Wait, what's the theme music? I I should know this is my my alarm but anyways it's your alarm and you don't know it i know it i just can't oh lame they use this really cool lame in other news dentist gets 12 years in prison for being an irresponsible immature it wasn't just that he was being immature he was also committing medicare fraud was he committing medicare fraud in order to help people who didn't have insurance get care or to better himself I don't know. Probably to make more money. Probably. But to be fair, doctors don't make that much money when they see people on Medicare or Medicaid. No, I know they don't. I worked for a doctor. He got $14 a visit. Well, you know, they get you in for, what, 20 minutes? That's true. 
But if you're going to commit a crime, don't videotape it. Amber, that's really hard to not videotape yourself doing crimes. No, it's not. Do you want to get caught? Okay, but when he was videotaping, he was just on a hoverboard while treating a patient. And he posted it. He posted it himself. But you'd be surprised, criminals. There was that one guy who was on the run in South America. And he posted videos and pictures of himself all over the place. They didn't catch him, though. Or that guy who taunted the police, like, come and find me on his Facebook. And they used his Facebook post to find him. Yeah, it's not that hard. (laughs) People be stupid. That's why we want to talk about the tardigreed today. What are the tardigrees? They're little moss bears. Moss bears? You mean moss piglets? Well, yeah. Or water piglets. Water bears. I know. I'm saying it opposite. Why? It's funny. Is it? No. Did you know who discovered them? Some pastor slash zoologist in German in the 1700s. Yeah, it was Jonah August Ephraim Godes. I don't know. We have a lot of German ancestors, but we don't know a lick of German. It was in 1773. It was about the time we first got the microscope. You call them Tardigarda. <laughs> tardigarda. I don't know if that's how you actually say it, but that's no, how I... I don't think it is. Imagine <laughs> it said, and it meant water bear in German. I know, so- no. I have that it meant slow stepper. Oh, sorry. It meant slow stepper in German because we're so good at naming things. It walked really slow. Tardigree is actually a phylum. What's a phylum, though? It's a high-level scientific category for an animal. So humans belong to corrugate phylum, which is animals with spinal cords. Tardigree is not just one animal. Think of a whole set of animals like you think of a whole set of animals with spines. They have a spine? No, I'm comparing the two. So it's its own phylum? Yes. Oh, okay. So it's not a phylum. It it has its own phylum. Yes. There's over 1,000 species. And they're still discovering that. Do you know what ITIS is? ITIS. Integrated Technology and Science. It does start with integrated. (laughs) Okay. What's what's the rest? Integrated Technomic Information System. Oh, is that where they put all the DNA of things so they can Well, it's where they give everything names. Oh, okay. Tardigrades have been found everywhere on Earth, Amber. Even Antarctica. Do you want me to tell that story now? You can if you'd like. So in 2014, a new species of tardigrade were found in, wait for it, Antarctica. That's a very cold place. It is. Though water bears are quite common in South America, because as I've learned recently, Antarctica is at the South Pole and not the North. I can't believe you did not know that. I 
just didn't know it. Okay, this was the farthest south they have ever been found. Researchers led by Roberto Guidetti, I have no idea that's how you say it, from the University of Modena and Reggio Emilia in Italy found the new creature while on a trip to Victoria Land. It was lurking on lakeshore mosses, hence the name moss piglet, within the crater cirque, which is a natural bull hollowed out by ancient glaciers. Scientists use an electron microscope. I've used one of those. Wait, they had an electron microscope in Antarctica? No, they collected it and took it somewhere else. Oh, okay. Those are, aren't they gigantic? They are gigantic. I've used one. You have to, like, a beam of electronics, sort of like electricity, and then you get an image back, a negative image back. So they they work by bouncing off the electronics? I'm not 100% sure. It's been so long since I last used one. Yeah, me too. So, well, I've never used one, but so long since I've studied stuff like that. Yeah, they use an electron microscope to determine the creature was a reddish orange with tiny pads or cushions behind its claws and a distinctive pattern of hairs on its body. And this tardigrade ended up being very different from other known species. DNA analysis confirmed it was a new species, but the reason why they think it's so different, this is really cool. They think the species has been on Antarctica since before. It was Antarctica, when it was actually the ancient supercontinent of Gondwana. So before it separated from Australia. Before it separated from Australia, Africa, and South America, it was known as Gondwana. Gondwana broke up over 180 million years ago. And this particular subspecies, they think, has been mostly unchanged on Antarctica since. Well, that's interesting. That will help with doing, like evolutionary trees that is very true this creature has been on this antarctica for 200 million years almost yeah just hanging out and they've been around for 600 million years which is 400 million years longer than dinosaurs granted they're like a small multicellular species whereas dinosaurs are large and complicated yeah the more complicated you are the more easy it is to kill you off very true which is why humans are Not that resilient. Lots of ways to kill a human. There is lots of ways. So yeah, you can literally find them anywhere, any habitat. They've been found in sand dunes. They've been found in fresh water at the bottom of a lake. They've been found in forests. They've been found at like the bottom of the ocean. They can withstand pressure up to six times greater than the deepest trench in the ocean. Humans, we can't even reach those those depths with machines. Nope. And... They have survived in outer space in a 2008 study published by The Current Biology found that they survived up to 10 days in low Earth orbit while being exposed to the vacuum of space. That's what actually got me interested in in them at first because I read that article all the way back then when they did that. And I'm like, wow, I've never heard of this thing before. This thing is freaking cool. Yeah, I want to talk more about that later. but. For their physiology, tardigrades are about 0.5 millimeters long. That's 0.02 inches long when they're fully grown. So you can actually see them with your naked eye. If you're looking very closely. But you're not likely to see them because they're see-through. What is it? Your fingernail is a millimeter and they're about half a millimeter? Yeah. So... Very, very tiny, but you could technically see them. I don't know. Maybe. 
I read it. You can. If you're looking at it on a slide with no dark background. Exactly. <laughs> They're prevalent on mosses and lichen. Do you know what a lichen is? Moss. Yeah, basically. A werewolf. No, that would be cool, but no. They feed on plant cells, allergy, and small invertebrates. There's also some species that eat other tardigrades. Yep, some of them are cannibals. Not cannibals if it's a different species. So it'd be like us eating chimpanzees. That's not cannibalism. If you say so. People eat chimpanzees but in they're Africa. All, they're okay. Okay. Okay, what? I, I said okay. I get it. Okay. I still think it's cannibalism. It is. I agree. We shouldn't eat chimpanzees. Because it'd be like us eating a Neanderthal. They're a different species. Still cannibalism. No, not cannibalism if it's a different species. But we don't need to get into fine points of cannibalism in this episode. (laughs) Maybe one day. (laughs) Maybe. I know a lot about it. She does. If anyone out there is eating human flesh, let us know what it tastes like. Send us an email. Better than human podcast at gmail.com. I've heard it tastes like pork. I imagine it would taste more like pork than chicken. But anyways, you said enough on cannibalism. Tardigate's bodies consist of a head and three body segments, each segment having its own pair of legs. The legs are jointless. Interesting enough, though. Well, not that interesting. They have eight sets of legs. Well, they have eight total legs. I was going to say eight sets of legs is 16. I know. That's why I corrected myself. Like I said, when they walked, they described them as like bears walking. I don't know. I saw a video of it and it sort of looked like it was swimming and not walking. Well, they're in water. So yes, they're probably swimming. They do have the hox gene, but... What's the hox gene? H-O-X. If you're a biologist, this is an important gene and you know all about it. I know nothing. Because... It was one of the first genes found, and it was easily studied in fruit flies. So the Hox gene is a home box gene. I know. What does that mean? Basically, this gene helps distinguish what part of your body is going to be what. Oh, okay. So like when you're in the uterus and your dna is like you're gonna be a kidney cell you're gonna be a brain cell yes or you're gonna be an arm you're gonna be a leg and bugs it's gonna be what segment you're going to be so if you're gonna be the front segment back segment with the tardigrades they lack a lot of these genes which makes it so each one of their segment is basically the same yeah they're kind of homogeneous yeah genius whatever there's only two kingdoms of animals that don't have hox genes. One of them are the small little swimming things that live in ocean. The small little swimmy things that live in ocean. Think pre-jellyfish. That really narrows it down. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but go ahead. Tenophora. See? Small swimming things that live in the ocean is easier, right? No clue. (laughs) And Plofera, which are sponges. Oh, like SpongeBob. Yeah. That's why their limbs grow back. Yeah, but he has no hox genes. That's why his limbs can grow back. I gathered that already, but thank you for spelling it out. You're welcome. Did you know all adult tardigrades of the same species? Have the same amount of cells. Really? No matter the species? 
No, the, if they're the same species. Oh, okay. So, like, this female species and then her cousin have the same amount of cells. Isn't it that way for every species? Okay, look at me. Now look at you. <laughs> look at me. Now look at you. Do you think I have the same amount of cells as you do? No. Exactly. You definitely have more fat cells. I definitely do have more fat cells. <laughs> you like it like that. Amber's been singing that song all week. She got me obsessed with K-pop. It's her fault. I did not get her obsessed. I just watched them. And I enjoyed it. And she just started watching it as well. Your fault. K-pop fans, man. Any of you are out there. You know I get it. I get it now. <laughs> it's very entertaining to watch those videos. It is. I wanted to learn the dance video for how you like it like that. But man, it looks hard. Well, and there's four different parts. Well, all you need to do is learn one. They don't have any respiratory organs. How do they dispose of waste and stuff then well most bugs don't have any respiratory systems what do they have then they exchange gas across the entire body that's why they have to be so small they have to have a lot of surface area to the air around them oh so they do technically have a respiratory system just not like humans sorry they have no respiratory organs oh okay that's why bugs can only get so large on earth thank God. But in previous eras, when there was more like carbon dioxide in the air, they could get bigger. More oxygen in the air, I thought. More oxygen or carbon dioxide. Okay. Okay. I see. But yeah, thank God. (laughs) They can only, like, I think the largest one is certain types of spiders. Thank evolution for that. You're welcome. What are you, the mother of evolution? Yeah. Okay. I'm the goddess of the universe. Now, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't want to do that. They have tubular mouths with stylets. Do you know what a stylet is? That thing you write on a computer screen with? Oh, that'd be cool. No, they're like little tiny beaks. But they're tiny. I love the sound effects. Yeah, you're welcome. They use them to pierce plant cells algae, or small invertebrate. And then they suck out the liquid. <laughs> like That's a exactly what they do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Some of them only poop when they molt. Okay, well, you know, they eat basically just liquid. What's the point of pooping? Well, then they molt, they just leave all their poop in the molt. I mean, why not? Yeah, why not? It's like a diaper. Yeah, exactly. Like you've a been diaper. wearing for years. No, they don't live that long i know but i never mind well in terms of human yes life their life then yes anyways continue but i'm sure humans poop more than they do when they reproduce they can do it personogenic <laughs> go listen to the uh lesbian lizard episode i know why i'm laughing but normally the male and females reproduce they're like frogs. The female lays the eggs. The guy comes along and you don't want to talk talk about where their sex organs are located. They have a single gonad, and two ducks run from the testes and males to an opening in a single large pore in front of the anus. And the females have a single duct either just above the anus or directly into the rectum. 
Okay, here's my thing. We should have brought this up in the Bad Evolution episode. Why is our reproductive genitalia right next to our excretion organs? You poop right next to where you pee, hence UTIs. I don't know, but look at jellyfish. Okay. They I'm looking eat- at one right now. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. What? How? That I'm a jellyfish? No. I was never mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. They eat and they poop out of the same hole. It's disgusting. Yeah, but I think that's just the way we evolved. Doesn't need to make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid. What, you wanna have a vagina in your middle of your back? I mean, if that's what you were used to, it wouldn't be weird. That reminds me of the, one of the Star Trek movies where Kirk kicks a guy in the knee and Spock's like, wow, that was really mean. And he's like, what? Well, I could have kicked him somewhere worse. He's like, no, that's where his genitalia are. <laughs> I've never seen that episode. That's the one where they're chapped in the Klingon prison world. I don't remember. Anyways. Back to tardigrades. Turd alert for Jennifer. Oh, I thought you said turd alert. Uh, I'm like, that's apt. Well, we are talking about stuff that's there. Yeah, but they do external mating. So like Amber said, they're like frogs. The female lays her eggs, and then the guy just covers them with his sperm. Why can't we produce like that? Because we're mammals, (laughs) and we invest a lot into our young if only, if only. You just want to plop out a bunch of eggs and then leave them and hope some of them survive? Yeah. There's a future Rama. Of course you have a reference. <laughs> the one character, I can't remember her name now, but she marries... Amy. How do you know that? Because she marries the, the guy who's second in command to Zach Braff. Yeah. Yeah, Amy. And he produces like that, so they touch hands. He actually touches hands with Leela and gets pregnant with her offspring. And that would be interesting. And he has to go back to his home planet and he just releases all the young and Leela has to help them make it to the water. It was an interesting episode. Some of the species, though, they'll actually will mate, but the eggs are in the shell of hers and when she sheds it, the eggs go with the shell. Do they eat it? I don't know if they eat it. Maybe. Eggs hatch no more than 14 days after they're laid, and they possess a full complement of adult cells. So that'd be like if we just had a mini adult offspring. Just a little tinier, but with everything they're going to need when they're an adult. So there's no cell division after they're born. They may molt up to 12 times in their life. Okay. Are you waiting for me to spot? I have nothing to say. Their fossils go back to the creation period. And what did you say that was? What's the creation period? Creatious period. Oh, so they yeah, 600 million years ago. That was a long time ago, man. The eggs are very hardy, too. They can be carried great distances on feet. What kind of feet? Any feet. Animal feet? Human feet? Okay. Duck feet? Rhinoceros feet? I'm just gonna be silent and let you continue. <laughs> <laughs> rhinoceros. I already said rhinoceros. Okay. Did you know 
How do you say the name again? Tardigrade? Tardigrade. You know, tardigrades have survived five mass extinctions. That is a lot. That is a lot. Humans won't even survive one. Nope. And that's given them a plethora of survival characteristics. So basically, each time they survive the mass extinction, they get better at surviving the next one. The first mass extinction happened 444 million years ago, when 86% of all species on Earth was lost. 86% of all species was lost. Was that the great oxygen oxidation of the atmosphere? No, but good callback. That actually happened 2.4 billion years ago. Okay. So a little bit of time difference. This extinction most likely happened because of rapid cooling and reduced sea levels, and most of life on Earth then was in shallow water. Then there was another mass extinction 375 million years ago when 75% of all species on Earth was lost. And you know why this one I think happened? Aliens? Maybe. But more likely, newly evolved land plants had emerged and were covering the planet. Oh, so more oxygen in the air? Yes, which would make it so a lot of the sea life couldn't survive. I don't see how. If the sea life was used to a certain amount of oxygen in the air, like the Great Rust or the Great Oxidation event, it would have the same effect. But something happened to make 75 percent of species on earth disappear Ooh, this one's the best or worst one 251 million years ago we lost 96 percent of all species on earth was it due to oxygen again no it was a perfect storm of catastrophic things that happened first off was an erupt trump got elected (laughs) no that would be bad there was a blast in siberia that put a bunch of CO2 in the air, and methogenic bacteria responded by belching out methane, a potential greenhouse gas, which caused a chain reaction that made the Earth incredibly hot. And basically, some people said it set life back on Earth 300 million years. So we could have evolved 300 million years ago if this volcano had interrupted? Or we might not have. Something totally different might have evolved. Maybe. Think about that. Greenhouse gases killing of 96% of the... I, yeah, I was just thinking that. The next one, the fourth one, was 200 million years ago when 80% of species were lost. Guess what came about after this, though? Dinosaurs! Dinosaurs! We're not sure what caused this mass extinction, but it did lead to dinosaurs. But, you know, very exciting times. And then the fifth... Very exciting times for who? Dinosaurs. And for us. Think there wouldn't be any paleontologists if there were no dinosaurs. Okay. And we wouldn't have the Jurassic Park movies. Okay. Do-do-do-do-do. Okay, I'm done. And then the last one was 66 million years ago, when 76 of all species were lost. Knowing that happened... Well, the dinosaurs went extinct, and they're not 
there's a lot of debate whether or not it was a volcano or it was an asteroid or it was this asteroid asteroid <laughs> or it was this or it was that or blah 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 blah. Yeah, so that was bye bye dinosaurs. Bye bye bye. Tardigrades were able to survive all of this. A lot of other species died, including stuff they eat. That is true, like algae. Or the water gets close to boiling. Which is very bad for them. The pH gets thrown off. Yeah, but they don't just live in water. They also have the added benefit of living in land. Yeah. So when humans go extinct, they'll probably still survive. Yeah, basically. Maybe. After humans destroy almost all life on the planet, maybe. Hopefully only like 76%, not 96%. But they'll still survive. Most likely. And then maybe something better will evolve. You know, even to destroy all life on Earth, you would have to destroy, like, bacteria living in sulfur vents. I didn't say they were going to go extinct. Humans will, probably. Definitely. They can withstand extreme cold temperatures to negative 458 degrees Fahrenheit. So... I want to talk about this because in Jennifer's note, it says they can survive up to one Kelvin. No, not a little bit above one Kelvin. A little bit above one Kelvin. If you don't know what Kelvin is, it's a a system of temperature that's the most accurate because temperature doesn't really exist. It's just something we... Isn't it just the absence of heat? Yeah, Yeah, it's the movement of heat, actually, from hot to cold. So temperature isn't really a real thing. It's just a mathematical thing that we use. So everything in your body moves. Your body is made up of chemicals. Chemicals move. Your body is made up of elements. Elements move. Elements are made out of protons and neutrons. Protons and neutrons vibrate. At absolute zero or zero Kelvin, nothing moves. Your protons and your and your electrons in your body, they stop moving. Nothing moves whatsoever. So that's what we call absolute zero. We've come close to reaching absolute zero, but we've never actually been able to reach absolute zero because the things in your body, they want to move. <laughs> electrons and protons want to move. There's a theory that electrons and protons are made up of quarks. It's not something we can prove, but it is something we theorized, quarks move. They want to move. So we've never been able to reach absolute zero. What do you think would happen if we reached absolute zero? I don't know. What would happen if the protons and electrons in your body stopped moving? Would it create a chain reaction that froze everything in time? Time would keep going, but maybe everything would freeze. Everything in the space would freeze. Maybe. It would freeze the whole universe. Maybe. That's scary. Maybe. But then we just cease to exist, so we wouldn't even notice. Yep. (laughs) I don't think anything will survive absolute zero, but they can survive close to absolute zero. They can also withstand extreme hot temperatures up to 300 degrees Fahrenheit. However, they can't live in these conditions. They can just withstand them for a period of time. They're not extremophiles. Extremophiles like these extreme conditions. Tardigrades just tolerate them. If exposed to these extreme conditions long enough, they will still die. 
I don't know if you want me to talk about this now, but there is a theory a long time ago that the reason they could survive all of these extreme conditions is because they incorporated DNA from other things. But that has since been debunked. New research has suggested that that original research had too much contamination from bacteria. And while they do, like most things, have a little bit of DNA from other things, that's mostly untrue that they steal DNA from other bacteria and things and incorporate it into their own. That would be incredibly difficult, but also incredibly cool if they did. Bacteria does it. So. Yeah, but they're single cells. A tardigrade lives from about three to four months and up to two years for certain species. But what we've been talking about, the most interesting thing about them is their ability to survive extreme conditions. And how do they do that? Special proteins? Well, they go into a death-like state called cryobiosis. Cryobiosis. The base of Cryptobiosis? Cryptobiosis. Thank (laughs) you. I am bad. I'm bad at this. They curl up into a dehydrated ball called a turn. I thought it was ton. Ton. It's called a ton. T-U-N. T-U-N? T-U-N. I thought T-U-N. Okay. Amber's mean. I just like picking on you. You're my sister. (laughs) Okay. So they basically, they roll into a ball, retracting their head and legs. And their metabolic activity gets as low as 0.01% of normal levels. Yeah. And they protect their organs with a sugary gel. I'm going to let Amber pronounce it. I have no idea how to call this. Trehalos? Closer than what I would have said. They also make large amounts of antioxidants. Because when your cells get damaged, they create oxygen. Free radicals and antioxidants fight the oxygen free radicals. That is true. So that may be why they create all these antioxidants. But eating more antioxidants as a human is not going to protect you from aging because you can only, it's a limiting factor. (laughs) Also, it can also decrease your mortality. But anyway. Looking at you, Dr. Ox, scam artist. He is. So water, when it freezes, expands. The exception to the rule. It is. But you have a lot of water in your body and in your cells. So when your body freezes, the water expands, causing your cells to explode. That's why we can't be frozen and then come back from the dead 20 years later. Yeah, because all your cells explode. All your cells are dead. Certain animals can get very close to it, but not humans. So don't waste a bunch of money freezing your head. (laughs) It's not Futurama, people. Uh, We don't have the technology, so it's kind of a waste right now. Maybe someday in the future. A whole Star Trek episode about that. Anyways, back to... Why you're talking about our cells freezing? Oh, their cells can get very close to freezing. Yeah, it says they form into a special ton that prevents the growth of ice crystals. In 2016, scientists revived two 
tons in an egg that had been in the state for over 30 years. There is one incident where they managed to revive, I think it was an egg that had been frozen for 120 years, but they were unable to replicate that, so we don't know if that's true. It also happened in 1948. Okay, yeah. And how do they know it was 120 years old? Yeah, exactly, and it hasn't been replicated, so it could have been anything. could have been false result. Yeah, exactly. They could have cross-contaminated it or something. Water bears produce a protein that protects their DNA from radiation damage. Which, a recent study, actually... Okay, so we talked about genetic engineering of humans, where you cut out a, you know, like a, a DNA that causes problems in a human and you insert something else. Or you just insert something else to give the humans better qualities. But... In Tokyo, recently, they did a study where they isolated this protein that protects tardigrades from x-rays and UV light and exposure to radiation. All they did was like put it in a petri dish with human cells. And that protein immediately attached to the human cells and protected them from x-ray and radiation. That's interesting. Because x-rays and radiation, what they do is they damage your DNA. Your DNA starts to break apart, but this special protein actually repairs your DNA much quicker, so there's a 40% less damage to the DNA when this protein was around. Basically, DNA wants to be together. If radiation pulls it apart, it will pull itself back together, but not necessarily in the same order. So that's where you get the mutation from. That's where you get X-Men and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> X-Men had a different gene than the rest of humans. Oh, they did okay. not have damaged genes. Okay. That is Daredevil. Okay, that's where you get Oh, yeah. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Come on, Amber. Get your Marvel so information this, correct. Yeah, so basically this protein heals damaged DNA and protects it from becoming damaged. It's interesting. though. It must be like universal. So basically, we don't produce it, but if it's introduced into our body, it will automatically be like, DNA, the DNA is not right, must fix. That's Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I know it is. But we all come from DNA. We all come from the same DNA. So That's why I want to find alien life to see if it has different DNA. Speaking of aliens, tardigrades prove that life on Earth could have started from life on another Earth planet. From a meteorite. Because they can survive in space, and if they're deep enough and like a meteorite that hits the Earth, they could have invaded our planet. I just read an article that there might be life on Venus. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't read the article. I didn't really care. It wouldn't be on the surface. It would be in the atmosphere. Venus is basically a planet with uncontrolled greenhouse gases. Four billion years ago, there might have been life on the surface. And that life could have moved into the atmosphere. Why don't you find this interesting, sister? It's dead. Who cares? It's still alive now. Oh, in the atmosphere? Yeah. Oh. Well, it's Do you single. know what this protein is called, though, that protects their DNA? Damage suppressor. It's called DSUP. Which is short for damage suppressor. I know. I like DSUP better. It's like a band name. Maybe. <laughs> It protects their DNA from being harmed by things like ionizing radiation, which is present in soil, water, and vegetation. 
The other reason why we were talking about how they go into tons and that's how they survive, they don't have to be in water to be alive. They only need a thin layer of water around their body, which is how they survive in like on moss and stuff like that. When they become desiccated and they produce that gel we were talking about that protects their organs, as soon as you submerge them again... They don't have organs. Whatever. And it protects their, their body, their inner... Whatever. They, you, they do have organs. They have gonads. That's an organ. Okay. You're right. <laughs> Anyways, as soon as you put them back into water, it only takes a couple hours for them to rehydrate and come back to life. You can't suck all the water out of a human and expect them to survive. No, I'm pretty sure there's a mutant that can do that. An X-Men? Yeah. Survives without all the no, water? No, suck out all the water from you. Oh, okay, okay. Couldn't, was... What's her name from the waterbender do that? She can blood bend. She, can't, she can suck water out of plants and things like that. But if she can do it from plants, she could do it from humans. No, she can only blood bend when the moon is a full moon. But couldn't she just rip all the water from your body? Maybe. She never tries it, though, because she's a good person. Like Iceman, he could freeze your brain. But he doesn't because he's a good person. Katara can water... Uh, blood bend but only during a full moon yeah because their powers are best then i know i saw that episode but in legend of Korra, someone figures out how to do it without a full moon that's terrifying yes ang takes him down actually ang takes his power away from him ang does ang yeah takes his power away from like he did ozai thought he was dead during that one this is before Korra was born flashbacks you know flashbacks To sum up, while tardigrades are better than human, they're able to survive in extreme environments that would kill humans and most other animals. They've been around for 600 million years without damaging the environment. They can survive at almost zero degrees Kelvin. They may have been the first life on Earth. No, they weren't. No, they may have come over on a meteorite. I don't believe that. Well... They prove that it's possible that life can come on and live life yeah, can come to Earth. Bacteria. A, yeah, but they proved it's possible. They can survive up to 30 years in a state of. They can survive up to. Cryptobiosis? Thir- yes. Well, 30 years is a ton. Yes, they can survive. As far as we know, 30 years, we don't know any longer, if they can any longer. They can survive for a few days at. Minus 200 degrees Celsius. That's cold. Yeah. Can you do that? No. What is it? Negative 20 or 30? You immediately start to freeze. Yeah. Our cells freeze pretty easily. They can withstand extreme low pressures, including the vacuum of space, but also very high pressures that are 1,200 times the atmospheric pressure. Some can withstand pressures up to 6,000 atmospheres, which is the deepest trenches of the ocean. For reference, our atmosphere is about one. (laughs) That's why it's called one atmosphere. We would be crushed and die in seconds. We can't even create machines that can go that deep yet. Oh, fun fact. In April 2019, an Israeli spacecraft called Bereshit was carrying thousands of tardigrades when it crash-landed on the moon. 
it is unknown if the animals survived. They're probably dead, but there's a slim chance they survived. The problem with that is, what are they eating? Well, they would be in their tun state. Yeah, they would have to be hibernating. So we would have to go and collect them and put them in some water. Let's do it. Yeah, well, I'm just let's just go to the moon. Talking about that, they can be dehydrated in a dry state for up to 10 years. They can withstand radiation a thousand times more than what normal animals can withstand. And they can be used to help humans withstand radiation. Also, they can survive environmental toxins better than most animals, including up to high levels of toxins that would kill normal animals. So they're the super animal of the Earth. Like Superman. Aren't they cool? That's all I have. That's all I have, too. Follow us. On Twitter, at BetterThanHuma1, that's H-U-M-A-1. Follow us on Instagram, at BetterThanHumanPodcast. Check out our website, BetterThanHumanPodcast.com. Email us at BetterThanHumanPodcast at gmail.com. If you want, follow Amber on TikTok, which is going to be banned soon. Tomorrow, I heard. So, better go watch that video now. Did I tell you mom messaged me at 9 a.m. this? She called me at 9 a.m. this morning. Today? Yeah. And I'm sitting in the toilet panicking because I'm like, oh, no, dad's dead. (laughs) And? And she's like, the TMV, they're giving me the runaround. I I need to set up an appointment. My license is expired and I have to get the new fancy one. And I'm like, I'm like, we'll just call them. She's like, no, you can't. You have to set up an appointment on the website. And I'm like... Send me the link. She didn't send me the link. She sent me a picture of the link. (laughs) But I just Googled DMV appointment. (laughs) One minute later, she has an appointment. Yeah, we're often fixing our parents' problems for them. I could have gotten her a 15-minute or a 30-minute appointment, but I just got two of those combined because I don't know how long it's going to take her. So I don't understand why it was so hard for her to set up an appointment. I don't know. Or like when dad called me in a panic because he couldn't get an Uber. Okay, at least that was a little harder. Yeah, I had trouble getting an Uber for him too. I don't even live in New York and I was able to do it. Yeah, but you have to be a little bit sensitive because our generation grew up on the internet. So it's like a second limb to us. I didn't have the internet when I was younger. I didn't get it till later. I had Oregon Trail when I was in elementary. That's it. Okay, so did I. (laughs) Good more than I did, internet-wise. God, we're old. We're not that old either. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. And remember, be better than human. How you like it like that. Are you going to spill that coke on my rug? Oh my god. I don't want to hear it. You've told me a thousand times you don't care about this rug. You let your cat scratch it. So I don't want to hear it.
get over it. Do the opening. 